every issue in life is designed to be solved through a trusting connection with God. And honestly, I don't believe there's any issue in life that can't be radically touched through trust and encounter with God. That when you're in a battle for your life, you might be going through tough things, the simplest way of approaching a battle is through the simplicity of a revelation of who God is and a revelation of who you are as a much-loved son or daughter. And doxology then are these little portions of the Bible that appear in the New Testament and the writings of Paul and others, and they appear in the Old Testament like in the Psalms, and they're little bursts of praise. So if you want to turn to this doxology we're going to look at today, which is in Romans chapter 11 and verse 33. And we're not going to really read very, very much or look at very much today. We're going to meditate on a few verses. Remember how God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be dismayed. Meditate on God's word. And meditation in an eastern sense is empty your mind and empty your mind from all thoughts. Biblical meditation is more like chewing the cud like a cow chews the grass. It's thinking about something over and over again and drawing out of it all the nutrients. So Romans chapter 11 and verse 33, you've probably got the little title, Doxology at the top. And so it says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. All we're going to look at today is, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. So, doxology are these bursts of passion, they're bursts of love, they're bursts of enthusiasm, they're bursts of loyalty to God, they're short bursts of praise, They're kind of hymns exploring and delighting in who God is. And last term we looked at the body. We talked about the body of Christ. And this month we're going to look at the head. (laughs) The wonder of the glorious God that we love and serve. And so this doxology kicks off with this word, oh. Oh. It's, It's a burst of praise, of surprise, of awe and wonder and joy at who God is. Oh, oh, who God is takes the Apostle Paul's breath away. Oh, that's who you are. Oh, you're awe-inspiring. Oh, You're wonderful. Oh, you've captivated my heart. Oh, you've ruined me for anything else. Oh, wow. Glorious God, you're so wonderful. You're so inspiring. You're so glorious. And that's where this psalm comes. It says, oh, I've seen something of God. I've seen something of the wonder of who you are. And then he goes on to talk about what's the root of this oh. Why is he seeing? And he says, oh, the depths. 
Oh, the depths. Oh, the depth. Have you ever seen the James Cameron documentary about him going in a submarine down to the depths to find the Titanic? He made that movie Titanic and in this documentary you see this multi-millionaire filmmaker who's built this submarine to go to the depths to find the Titanic and he goes from the surface and he goes down and down and down and down and down until eventually he comes to the bottom and finds the Titanic and Paul is saying oh the depths oh I'm in awe of you oh the depths of your wisdom oh the depths of your knowledge oh the depths of your riches you are extremely deep God unfathomably deep God. So James Cameron could go from the surface and go down and down and down and eventually he reaches the ocean floor and finds the Titanic. Paul is saying, oh the depths, how unsearchable, how unfathomable you are. I could go from the surface of who you are and I could never reach the bottom of who you are. You go on, and you go on, and you go on, and you go on. You are so deep, God, that no human being can wrap their mind around God. Nobody can say, I've wrapped my mind around the parameters of God. I fully grasp who you are. Nobody can do that. Because he is unfathomably deep. You could never go from the surface to the foundation of God. In that sense, God cannot be fully known. Or nobody can say, I fully understand God. And next week we'll talk about the implications and applications of that for our everyday life that we can never teach him or counsel him or consult him and tell him what to do he is infinite is a is a nice word and we are finite so eternity new heavens new earth new body new world to explore or this world made new with a God who is absolutely infinite. So that's why the, the hymnist can say, after I've been there a thousand years, I'll have no less, hmm. I'll have no less whatever, I'm going to sing your praise on and on and on and on, because a thousand years hasn't even begun to exhaust who you are. He's unsearchable. And then Paul says, I want to talk about this depth. The depth of his knowledge. His knowledge is amazing. Theologians use the word omniscient. He knows everything. He knows deep and hidden things. He knows things fully. That we only know in part. He sees everything 
completely. He has complete knowledge and complete understanding of everything. So let's just think for a moment of what that means. It means that God right now knows fully and completely and absolutely everything that's recorded in every computer hard drive in the whole world. He knows all of it now. He knows every book in every library completely, absolutely, front to back, without even having to recall it and think about it. He knows all that happens on earth. Everything. And he knows everything that happens in the atmosphere. And he knows everything that's happening in space. And he knows every galaxy, planet and universe comprehensively and absolutely and completely without any effort. He knows every molecule in every human, plant, animal. He knows every atom. He knows all the events that happen, all of them, in all almost 8 billion people who are alive right now. He knows what's happening in every mind, every thought and every will right now, completely, absolutely. He knows all the emotional and spiritual events that are happening on planet Earth. He knows these things both as creator and absolute God. And he also knows them experientially because as Jesus, God became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And so he knows every pain, temptation, (coughs) though he never sinned, every emotional suffering, everything, not just as one who is over it all, but as one who entered into creation and experienced it all. That's why he's a brilliant, brilliant friend and someone that we can come to in our time of need because he knows it. He knows all thoughts and he knows all choices and he knows all feelings that are happening in every individual and every person in the whole world, both those who called him father, friend, saviour, and those who don't. He knows it all. He knows every event, all past, present, and future, on absolutely every level of existence. So he knows that right now in the Amazon, an ant moved leaf. He, he knows that because Jesus says if, he knows if one sparrow falls, he knows. And so he knows every event, every situation, every circumstance completely. He knows all the facts and how all the facts and how all the events relate to each other and affect each other. He sees it all and knows it all completely. He can see the chain of events that flows from one choice, one decision. He can see it all and where they flow to and what will come out of it. He knows it all like that. Wow. That's God. Mm -hmm. That's why David could say, where can I I go from you? (laughs) If I go to the far reaches, you're there. I can't hide from you. You know it all. And he knows it all without the slightest strain of his mind. So he doesn't have to kind of cause his mind to give attention to what's going on in your life, or what's going on in another nation, or what's going on in a person 
thousands of miles away. He knows it absolutely all the time without any strain of his mind. So Paul is saying, oh, the depths. He says, I'm left marvelling, I'm left astonished, I'm left in wonder, I'm left in awe at the perfect knowledge of God. And then he says, oh, the depths of his wisdom. Oh, the depths of his wisdom. That is not just enough to know everything. He has absolute comprehensive mastery of how to take all that he knows mm. and cause them to move towards good and glorious and redemptive goals. Mm. He knows perfectly how to use what he knows, perfectly and completely aware of how to use facts. He can think, act and plan out of complete and perfect knowledge. He has every angle covered. He's never caught off guard and he's never surprised. He knows it all and knows how to redeem it all, use it all and work it all together for good and glorious goals. That's why he is beyond us. That's why in wisdom he placed two trees in the garden. The tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. In his wisdom (coughs) and knowledge he gave people choice. In his wisdom and knowledge, whilst Jesus conquered Satan on the cross, in his wisdom and absolute understanding, he still leaves a world with the influence of the demonic on it. Because he's working everything together for good and glorious goals. He's not the designer and root of evil. He has no shadow of turning in him. He is absolutely holy and absolutely good. And yet he can take even what the vilest and the most evil thing and he can take it and he can redeem it, and he can bring it together to good and glorious, redemptive goals, because he knows and he has wisdom. Then he says, oh, the depths of his riches. God is rich because he can make all things. And he can make all that he pleases out of absolutely nothing. So his imagination is not restricted by raw materials. If he can, he just imagines it, speaks it, makes it, thinks it, imagines it, dreams of it, makes it. It's how he works. He's unlimited. And Paul is also saying, oh, the depths of his riches means, oh, the depths of him being (coughs) ultimate richness in the universe. All the depths of his riches, that the, his capacity to create and make and establish, but also the depths of the riches of who he is as a person. And that this, all oh, the depths of the one who knows and has all wisdom and the richness of who he is and he freely gives himself in relationship to people. So that our whole life can be travelling through the depths 
and, and discovering more of him and discovering more of his nature, more of his goodness. Discovering the unending nature of his perfections and discovering the abundant wealth of his nature. So if you had a goal for 2019, the greatest goal I could have and you could have would be I'm going to search out God. Yeah. I'm going to discover more of who he is. I'm going to discover the more of the abundant riches of his personality, his nature. Yeah. I'm going to discover more the depths of, oh, how deep is his beauty. Oh, how deep is his love. Oh, how deep is his joy. Oh, how deep is his faithfulness. Oh, how deep is his goodness. That that would be a great goal for a year to say, I'm going to camp out just on the goodness of God. I'm going to think about how good he is, or I'm going to think about how joyful he is, or how powerful he is. I'm going to meditate that he knows. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13.2, Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. See, over the depths does not mean that God is completely unknowable. It doesn't mean he is unfathomable in the sense of you can't get to know him as a person. He is knowable. It's just that no one can say, I know him completely. Or I know everything about God. And that's this humility of knowing. I don't know everything. I don't know everything, God. I don't have a grasp of everything. But you know the deep things, the hidden things. And you have wisdom. And so there's something about embracing the glorious and limitless adventure of finding ultimate satisfaction in the depths of who he is. There's Holy Spirit revelation. Holy Spirit loves to reveal Jesus. He loves to give fresh revelation of who God is. Get to know Holy Spirit. He'll lead you into all truth. He'll reveal. He knows he is God. He he knows Jesus. He knows the Father. He will reveal to you more and more of these wonderful dimensions of who God is. Go deep into the Bible, into Scripture. Ask Holy Spirit for revelation of who God is as you read the Bible. Revelation of his nature, revelation of his character, revelation of his ability as God. Revelation of who he is comes in community. You can have an encounter and a revelation of God through another human being, through Mm. another person who knows a different aspect of God, who's experienced a different journey with God, who might be able to tell you about their experiences in God, and it will bring a revelation of God that you couldn't have on your own. We say all revelation that we have from God, person to person, needs to be planted in the soil of community. That revelation isn't complete until it's been planted into community, until it's been outworked with one another. Revelation isn't just meant to be me and God. Salvation brings us into community too, so that every revelation we have of his depths and wonder and worship, it, it sparks <coughs> one another off and sharpens one another. Yeah. And so revelation comes from Holy Spirit, it comes from Scripture, it comes from community, it comes from nature and the things we see around us. 
God revelation can come while watching a movie and listening to music or reading a book or walking out in the country. And what I would say to you is when you, you understand that Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, I would say the, the most precious thing in the universe is a God moment when he discloses something of who he is to us yeah. and he reveals something of his depth to us. We're, we're to prize those moments and hold on to those moments and don't treat those moments casually because they are precious. That the, the one who is so deep would come to us and reveal something of who he is. That we're to be those who say, I'm going to camp on this and I'm going to draw on this and I'm going I'm to pull all the meat off the chicken on this. I'm not very good at doing that. Michelle's mum is brilliant at, at there's nothing left on the on the she's, she's eating all the all the meat that's on the bones. Remember once she we, we bought that pig's head and she managed to draw all the meat off the pig's head. All the bits that people had forgotten, the cheeks and the, the good bits. Be like that with God's revelation. Savour it. He spoke to me. Don't leave anything on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Even if you only camp out on one or two things for the whole year, but there's nothing left but bones, you think, I've actually drawn every single thing I can from that moment when he revealed himself to me. That's why James says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because in the midst of a trial is an opportunity for our faith to grow and have a revelation of him. Yeah. You see, that's, that's the... There's an opportunity for him to disclose something of who he is in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the battle. He speaks. You say, what's my upgrade in this? What are you revealing about yourself in this? How can I know you better in this? How am I going to navigate this with trust and hope and joy? I'm going to need to have a revelation of who you are. I'm going to need to understand the depths of your knowledge, the depths yeah. of your wisdom. And I'm going to need to understand the depths of your riches and who you are, God, to navigate this without becoming hopeless and panicking and despairing. I'm going to need to have a revelation. And he's always disclosing himself. He's always revealing himself. He's always willing to open the eyes of our hearts so that we might know the hope to which we've been called. He's doing that all the time. And we're to particularly be alert to, wow, Something happened in me. You got my attention during that movie. You're speaking to me. What are you revealing to me in this moment? That verse just jumped out. It's touching my heart in a way that I'd, I've read it a hundred times before. And now it's jumping out. What are you revealing to me about the, oh, the depths of who you are? And then we go drilling in it and digging in it and drawing the meat off it. Until we find Holy Spirit moves us on to more and there's others and other opportunities. And then that becomes the thing we pour out into community, to other people. I know how to trust him in this. I know what he's doing for you because he's done that for me. He's always revealing himself. He's always disclosing himself. There's always more. Because he's infinite and we're finite, there's always more. There's always more. He never becomes dull and he never becomes boring. There's always more. When you go to sleep at night, ask him to speak to you through the night. Your spirit's awake all night. You might as well be doing something. 
might as well be having God encounters, dreams from him, revelation from him, opportunities to hear him, write the dreams down, meditate on them, think about them. He never becomes dull. He never becomes boring. And so Paul says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Oh, the depths. Oh, the depths 